right, good afternoon. Welcome to Auto Dealer Live. I'm David Villa. That sounds like the slow jazz station. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> hey, Are we man. live on NPR today? <laughs> right? Hey, baby, this is Barry White. This is Barry White. <laughs> here for it's, it's 12 o'clock sharp. We're here for your nooner. Welcome to WKRP. It matches our trap beat beautifully. <laughs> I don't know oh why I God. felt like you know, it's starting to show off like that. I don't, you know what I mean? Sometimes you're just in the mood like, and you know, not be like, hey, what's up, everybody? Hello, everybody. <laughs> this is Sorry, your, guys. I think you're shot day with a horse tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> this is your lunchtime tunes with Dave. Hey, Dave. everybody. This is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> what's up, man? Hey, how are you liking this new 12 o'clock? time slot you know i do like it you, i do i like it. What do you i think? do too i think i have a little bit more energy than i do at 3 30 <laughs> yeah. i don't know well you go to bed at four so i mean you, or four four forty five right <laughs> that's not true <laughs> oh. that's stop it I know, I know that's an age joke right. i the, i eat dinner at four okay, oh, okay. bed is five thirty, so don't be stretching, <laughs> that, stretching that stuff now nice. hey welcome to the show uh dealers and automotive fans we are here today at auto dealer live and today we're going to talk about the 2021 uh predictions there was a study mm -hmm. recently by cox automotive uh that just came out they interviewed over a thousand consumers over the age of 18 and 1196 dealers we're going to talk about mm -hmm. the six predictions mm -hmm. for 2021 mr dave and the first one we'll just kick off we'll get right in man that's gonna make everybody feel good <laughs> I know, right? Right? so the first prediction is the auto industry will oh, this is good actually oh, will this emerge, good. yeah I will, the wrong order. it will yeah don't yeah don't get them out of order we'll be doom and gloom right from yeah. the beginning uh now the auto industry will emerge stronger from the pandemic mm. so we've got dealers and consumers uh that are interviewed on this so <clears throat> which you know we we've talked a little bit about this before about how in fact i think we even probably mentioned something about it last week how dealers are are leaner right they're mm -hmm. they, they've learned to they took the you know the initial impact of the pandemic and right. really kind of uh either proactively uh made some changes or uh, were forced really uh, just to you know survive and thrive in that type of environment, uh, but you know dealers have come out stronger. So um, that was kind of a boring one, by the way, though. So we, well, you know, forty-nine percent of franchise dealers think that and uh, that they'll be not just profitable but very profitable. Yeah, and you know it makes you it makes you think. I just got a phone. I mean, literally right before the show started with a dealer in Illinois that you know we were talking and he's getting ready to kind of dive into a, a product here owns a toyota store and a lexus store <clears throat> and he said you know we didn't have a record year but it was a profitable year mm -hmm. and i think that you know we used the term record year a lot of times with some of the dealers and, and some dealers saw some really you know record months throughout yeah. the year but i mean i think that that um that that might be a, a, a far a, sh a shot far you know off yeah. in, the, in, the, in in the distance to hit that number but but great years they had. And so there's a lot of dealers, I think, that are coming off of that thinking, you know what? This year, we could really springboard off of what we did last year and make this a year that is a very profitable year. That's, that's I think, it. Um, well, yeah. it kind of it segues right into the second prediction because, as you mentioned, Dave, uh, dealers that had, you know, really good numbers uh, profit-wise, but maybe less volume. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about. You know, we didn't have a record year, but we had really good profit margin. And uh, dealers were kind of uh, obviously <clears throat> affected by, um, and consumers as well, really, by inventory and inventory shortages, 
Um, there were there, uh, there were times when you know dealers had very little to, to nothing on their lot, mm -hmm. and um, and that kind of forces you to be in a position where you know it creates a supply and demand, but it also I think also creates um, an opportunity for dealers to focus and learn more skill sets. Right when you're limited on what you have inventory wise, you have to be a lot sharper when it comes to you know uh, making those units count. So. Um, so, so that's one thing. So the prediction number two, Dave, is inventory will remain tight through 2021. Yeah. And, you know, go, I want to scroll back down to one, one thing, and it ties into this, Dave, because, you know, um, you know I, I, I think it was says in the, in the, uh, the other prediction as far as the pandemic, it, it, one of the, the same people, the same dealers, same consumers said only 35% of them said franchise dealers would be more reliant on their OEM in 2021 to stay profitable. Uh -huh. So the statistic that the, the, the uh, poll is 35%. So you look at that and automatically, because there is a poll that reads that way, you think that people will be reliant, but that means that 65% don't think they will be. So now go to the other one that Dave just that's read. Correct. So, you know what? I think that's kind of like, I think it's hogwash and, and this is my opinion. So 40% of franchise dealers think the inventory will remain tight. So I'm wondering if, it, because that means sixty percent don't. So the way you the way you see the poll, it, it makes you it makes you automatically think that things would be tighter, but most think it won't. You know what I mean? They, yeah. The polls almost unless they answered other. Did they have an other category? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, but no. I'm, but I get what you're saying. You're exactly right, Dave. Uh, sixty percent mean uh, or forty percent dealers say one thing. That means sixty percent <clears> must have said the other, right? So well, you, you know, I, I wonder. I wonder because I've had a lot of conversation with dealers that struggle with inventory um, but then i also had a, a lot of conversations with dealers that were being very creative on how they got inventory because and i think what it comes down to i mean you just tell me when there, where there's a will there's a way i think where, where there's the ability to move the needle and make money people figure out ways to do it well one of the things you think of immediately is if you're a new car franchise dealer mm -hmm. and inventory is low dave you're going to be out trying to replace inventory the only place that you can do that when you're not getting it from the manufacturer mm -hmm. is to go out in the market and look at pre-owned inventory right cars you can certify different things like that so um and that what that ultimately does is drive up the competition of people trying to buy or dealers trying to buy <coughs> those uh those used cars right which keeps prices high which again also helps the profitability of that limited supply on the new side it, because if pre-owned prices are high we're going to be able to hold a little bit more gross on the new ones as well absolutely yeah absolutely and in in uh, the creativity where um and look, look it's funny because independent dealers were in on that as well 30 mm percent -hmm. say that inventory is going to be an issue again which means 70 percent don't well their inventory is based on auctions based on trades, you know, trades and things like mm -hmm. that so you know it goes really i want to i want to kind of throw my own prediction possibly in the mix of all of this and and i think it comes down to we talk about this a lot with everything that we talk about you know because it, it really depends on who you're talking to when we, when you talk to a dealer that possibly fits into one of these categories a large percentage of them that voted this way i think also are the ones that are less aggressive possibly the more conservative possibly the more like i'm gonna wait and see before i spend my money let me kind of shrink back and the dealers that didn't shrink back that do spin their way out of it that do look at it in the optimistic form i think they also are the ones that are creative i talked to a dealer i won't tell who it is because there's uh, some creative things that he's told me 
uh, he did with getting inventory. And, and, and a lot of it came down to the same way that a lot of, uh, you know, lender, uh, uh, finance directors, like subprime directors we've talked mm-hmm. to that have been very successful, build relationships with the lenders. He's built relationships with the with his uh, reps. And, you know, he's, you know, he has the unfair advantage because he's worked some things out. He's gone out of his way to be creative and got the lion's share, which probably is not necessarily, you know, supposed to happen that way, but he did. And, you know, he's also number one in his region by far. And, um, and so I, I just, I just, and maybe there's a secret to, to really going out of your way and making relationships and making things happen and being creative. Yeah. I don't know. What do you well, think? I think one of the things is having a plan, right? Being able right. to look at all those things and, and take action and be able to be proactive in setting yourself up for success. We know what the conditions are. We just have to find the solutions and automotive people are, are probably the best in the world at that. Mm-hmm. So let's go to uh, prediction number three. Okay. 2021 is the tipping point for digital retailing. 2021. Now look at the surge in the, uh, in the agreement here with dealers and consumers. Look at this, Dave. 84% of franchise dealers agree that their customer expects to complete more of the purchase process online than ever before. Wow. As a as a younger buyer, you know, I definitely somebody who will probably be buying another car in the next 12 months or so, I 100% agree with that. I I, I like the 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 one big thing that I saw from my standpoint that changed was the home deliveries because to me that was kind of the selling point on some dealerships being able to do this 100% online now. And a lot of dealerships did adapt to that. Um, as somebody, I'm 30 years old. And like I said, I'm probably going to be buying another car in the next year or so. And I 100% agree with that statistic. Yeah. You know what? It's, it brings up an interesting point because, uh, in, I think that consumers are being trained that they have been over the, over, you know, the last however many years we're being trained more and more every day that this is the way that we buy, right? It's online, it's online processes, things like that. So I think that helps the dealership. Um, But one of the things I've always had a beef with, Dave, is this comparison of, you know, how a car deal is supposed to happen when we compare to companies that do things 100% online that are small ticket items. Like you often hear about the success of like Zappos and the success of, you know, and in the retail space, brick and mortar, you hear about Chick-fil-A, just examples of of this and that. Mm -hmm. But I've always thought that was unfair because it's a, you know, I I don't make a decision on a car. Well, maybe I do, but most people (laughs) don't make a decision on a car that's you know 50 grand well also most people don't make, make a decision an, on a car every couple months but right right <laughs> hey trade out before your payments do you'll never have a payment uh so <laughs> um so so anyway uh the point is they always compare these these practices to um you know an eight dollar item or a fifty dollar mm-hmm. item and, and and the car is different it's let's face it it's a fifty thousand dollar item just like the home uh, you know buying a mm-hmm. home you don't typically do that online because that's a two or three hundred thousand dollar investment the point is that I've always thought that was a little unfair, but the one thing I will say that helps us move closer to this online process Mm -hmm. is the fact that as consumers in general, we are being trained more and more every day Mm -hmm. that this is the normal way now and more efficient way to do business. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I tend to agree with. And I think really, you know, honestly, we're late to the party on this because, you know, everything else you do. Now, I've always been uh, someone who, with Carvana and different things of that nature, have always said that, that that the complete, the fact that they turn someone away if you go there per se, like, you know, hey, you know, go to your car and go to your phone and get online and buy it, you know, we can't talk right. to you. Right. Like, I think that that's pushing it too far. And I don't ever see somebody completely going like, I, I, like I ordered pants yesterday from Nordstrom online. 
I've, I've got another pair of pants that size. Were they spandex? I just brand. need to know. No. <laughs> okay. I ordered those last week. But, but I have another pair of pants that same brand, a different color, same, I know the size, so I went online and I ordered it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it, two things. Number one, I know how they fit, I know the brand, I know what they cost, and it's pants. It's, you know, a yeah. hundred bucks or whatever right. it was. A car is, di- so I, I never, I don't ever see the majority of the population going online and just buying a vehicle sight unseen, the majority. However, 84%, 80%, 74%, you know, different things, franchise dealers agree you know, the customers expect to compete more, complete more of, or plan to offer more I, parts. That's the key. That's the yeah. key, Dave, the more of, right? Because and I think that we're behind the party on that. We I should so offer too. more than that. Yeah, we definitely should. We can get further along in the beginning uh, mm-hmm. into the process, and then we don't have those two and three hour waiting periods at the dealership. But but I'm, but I'm I'll throw something in, just an opinion of mine. I think mm-hmm. that if the dealers that see something like this, or they don't see it, but but think that, you know, it's hands off are going to lose out to the dealers that do more of it, but keep their hands on in, because you never are going to outperform and out outmaneuver and outsell a dealership or a company that puts more into the customer. It's never, you know, for instance, people still go, I still go through a cashier when I have a, a larger order rather than go through a self checkout line, you know, sure. like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get absolutely. It. I just, I'm just telling you, there's something for customer service. Yeah, it probably, probably not a bad investment anytime you invest more in mm-hmm. pleasing a customer, right? Yep. So let's go to prediction number four. New competition in the EV market, mm. electric vehicle market, will slow Tesla's growth. Mm. I don't even know if I so much care so much about that, Dave. Um, <laughs> but, but what it does say is that, and, and, and you know, uh, even government has set I don't think of, Tesla, by the way. I don't think Tesla bought, let me just say this. My, my son-in-law, our VP of marketing here has a Tesla. So Tesla. Look, he doesn't have a Tesla because it's electric. He has a te- Tesla because it's cool as the other side of the pillow on the inside, man. It looks like you're sitting inside an Apple iPhone, you know, right. it's like you're driving, around, but it's cool looking. And, and, and yeah. look, my opinion is this, I'd buy a Tesla, you know, cause it's cool, not because mm-hmm. it's electric, but I wouldn't buy something that looks like you're driving around in a battery. And then, so until you can make a car look as cool as a Tesla, they're not cutting into any Tesla. Because Tesla, people aren't buying a Tesla. Yeah, and it looks like next year's electric. To me, Come it looks on. to me it looks like next year's uh, Ford Taurus. But it's like it's you're, driving, not you're driving around it's like not you know, you're driving around outside. in a Tic Tac with the battery sitting on top. You know what I mean? Imagine, it's, imagine if it was super <laughs> exciting on the outside. Yeah. Then you've got a whole package, man. Yeah, uh, like you said, like anyway. a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, like but a then Tesla. you got but then Teslas are expensive and they, you know they're appealing to. Yeah. So people who drive that are mm-hmm. not going to drive an electric, just a regular yeah. electric vehicle. So I just disagree. With but that it statement. does it does kind of uh, uh, tell us that you know we're we're in for an impact with the EV market. Uh, they're going to well, they're, but only fifteen percent agreed with that. <laughs> so you know okay, I mean? let's go to the next one. I mean, like I think <laughs> number I think five. the poll that we didn't put up was more thought that you were, they were going to get struck by lightning in January. <laughs> right. Well, I will say this okay. while we're still on the EV. You are right, but there are a lot of companies. Um, I think Mustang, <clears throat> they have an EV version yes. of the Mustang. That's, I think it's, it's an SUV. It's an they, SUV well, called the Mustang. Yeah, they've mm-hmm. got they've got a few newer models that some of the bigger Kinda companies wild. are starting to jump on for straight-up EV. I know the Hummer's going electric, Yeah, yeah, too. and there are government mandates as to— But uh, you know what? I, whoever came up with that idea, they need to fire them now because I'm going to make a <laughs> yeah, prediction. No. Listen, people that like—first of all, don't call it a Mustang. People that like <laughs> Mustangs, people that care to give a crap about it being a Mustang— don't, it, it made zero sense to the general public. Say, it's like, hey, let's come up with a Mustang that's electric. Well, I mean, like, first of all, just change the name of it because people who like Mustangs might not really like electric, yeah. but coming from yeah. a guy who drives around Tic Tac. 
Yeah, have you seen my new Corvette van, by the way? I do drive in a Tic Tac. Thank <laughs> yes, you very you much. It's yes, great on do. gas mileage. Yes, you do, Urkel. Yeah, I'm buying a Corvette van. It's electric. <laughs> anyway, all right. Corvette van. <laughs> all right, number number five. Hey, maybe, guys, maybe it's the name Corvette that everybody likes. Right. Let's, no. Let's make a van and call it a Corvette. Yeah, a Corvan. Uh, yeah, it's a Corvan. <laughs> it's almost like a cool van, but different. A Mustang. <laughs> it's a lot like Disney, but different. A Mustang. Okay. What do you think? We, I guess like <laughs> Number five, uh, although it seems like I'm running out, would that mm. should be number six? Who knows? Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Prediction in 2021. Let's see. Yeah, it's the same one on the screen. Vehicle ownership increases. Ride sharing and ride hailing declines. Now we did see a COVID. Huge, we yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Die. Okay, hop in, hop in with that mask. I promise I desanitized it right after I dropped that last person off. <laughs> Coffee, come on in. <laughs> But uh, but <laughs> yeah, on a serious note, you know, we did see a movement um, where more and more people mm-hmm. were giving up their cars, you know, and I'm sure this is more common in urban areas where you have a, a, a huge presence right. in the, in the uh, cities and, you know, just outside the cities of uh, Uber and rideshare, Lyft, all those that, that do that. Um, we saw a decline in vehicle ownership. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, you know, um, as we, uh, the younger generation also, we've talked about this before, America doesn't have the <coughs> same love affair with vehicles that they, that they at one time did. I think that's fair to say. Would you agree with that? Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, no. It's hard because I, I it's disagree. hard for us to imagine, I think, in, in the way we grew up. So I disagree a little bit. I think that there was a period of time and maybe, you know, I don't know if a generation, but like a, a, a segment of time. However, like guys in this room, we got young people in this room. I think like Ezra, guys like that, you know, there's actually a vintage. Yeah, but he wants a lowered Corolla. But there's a vintage. There's a vintage coming back. So there's like. Let the mic ride for a sec. All right. So if you're asking about it. So personally, if I'm speaking from my standpoint, because Mm -hmm. I look into this quite a bit, Mm -hmm. if you have seen me on my breaks. But um, I think what especially my generation is like young millennial men specifically but also Mm -hmm. females too it's very much predominant now Mm -hmm. um but they are looking to make something as much theirs as they can so Mm -hmm. they're not looking for something that they're going to shell out a bunch of money for a car that's stock from the dealership brand new they have to finance it all stuff they say how much can i pay for the coolest car i can find that i can customize make it go however fast i want with whatever modifications whatever aesthetic things that i want on it that's primarily what I see them caring more about, such as project cars or cars that they can adjust to their lifestyle more so than buying something directly from the dealership that they thought has been marketed towards them specifically. Hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah, so, but, 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 he, but here's the thing. It throws the whole, like, I don't care about a car out the window. I don't yeah. think that's as much. But one thing I want to point out, I mean, we have to just, you, you hit it on the head with the cities. People in the city, because of convenience, I think, really more convenience. Well, yeah. It's like, I don't want a car payment. Why do I need one? I'm just going to drive. But have anybody, has anybody, we said COVID, but how about this? Has anybody, not just the coughing aspect of it, but what about these cities that have been shut down? So for instance, the cities that they didn't have a car, they used Uber, they would still use Uber. So maybe it wasn't as much, I'm afraid to get sick as I'm not, I can't go anywhere. Like my restaurant, the yeah. restaurants are closed. This is closed. No, you are hitting it on the head so, I mean, there. It's, it's a lack of- Uber where? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a lack of freedom and control, right? Like yeah. and, 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 In those and, specific cities. Yeah, and even peace of mind mm-hmm. of just knowing that, hey, if I need to go, I can go kind of deal. So I'm not sure though of 2020, if could really make as much, I think we go back if we come out of it and it goes back to somewhat normal, 
you go back before and then you just kind of remove 2020 and you throw it away in in sense of this i think we're in the exact same place that we were once everyone feels comfortable those areas that people commute are going to start commuting like that again i think you know whether they'll be around whether they can ride it out i don't know but <clears throat> i think people are going to just want convenience over uh own, owning their own car i mean to, to be honest with you if i lived in the middle of new york city and it were normal I wouldn't own a car. I wouldn't want to drive. It frustrates me to sit in a car and drive around in, in with somebody driving me in New York City. It's just frustrating. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know. it is. <clears throat> and it's very interesting what we're seeing. I don't think we've ever seen this much change or had these type of topics mm. in, in many years. I mean, right. when's the last time we sat back and really you know, deciphered this information. It's because the market is changing and it has been affected by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now, uh, ultimately, I think what this all represents is how dealers can look at this and go, here's a direction that, that we need to explore. You know, mm -hmm. here's something we need to pay attention to. Here's how we can thrive in 2021. So let's take a look at this next slide. How will consumers behave in mm -hmm. 2021? That, that feeds right into uh, what we just mentioned. You know, understanding how a consumer behaves helps us to provide the solution immediately. So 93% of dealers and consumers believe consumers will continue to expect, to expect strict cleanliness and sanitation from businesses in 2021 that's kind of interesting as well dave because you know obviously when this with this whole thing hit and we went through some lockdowns shutdowns whatever and we maybe we're still in for some in certain areas um you know that was the big push you know making sure that we were showing that we were cleaning and sanitizing and whatnot but man that's easy to get away from once we get in a more sort of comfortable or not as panicky a place yeah, but I mean, if you look at the, so you look at the percentages though. So, okay, 93% uh, of dealers and consumers believe that's a, mm -hmm. that's a big number. So basically, it is big. Well, but if you're asked that question pre-COVID, I mean, if you put somebody on the spot, I'm pretty sure that nobody wants to buy from a dealership that's dirty or that's not sanitized. But if you look at the next one, it kind of contradicts it a little bit, but with regards to, is it about COVID or is it about just being clean? Because th only 35% of consumers believe confirmation their vehicle has been sanitized is important so in other words like i mean is is the vehicle is the vehicle clean seven sixty five percent don't care or or don't make that a priority but 93 percent want to make sure that the dealerships yeah. clean you know so i, I think, think that, people were <clears throat> people were pretty comfortable going into nasty dealerships before covid what do you think i don't know i mean i, I think that <laughs> i think that you just maybe tolerated yeah, you know yeah, certain I'm things just yeah. But but it's certainly on the consciousness. And it, so the point is, hey, we need to be expressing that just as proactively, I think, now as we did, you know, maybe when the pandemic first hit. Mm -hmm. So that's something we can't let off the gas, uh, so to speak. Yeah. So um, I do think, though, that it's interesting. It's not automotive, but 64 percent of consumers agree they only get takeout or cook at home in 2021. I think that I think that we're going to start to see going out again. Going out is a more of a more of a like a, a, an outlet to you know, or not a luxury, but like a blow off steam, kind of go out, hang out, not live out <clears throat> in, in, in eating and things of that nature. I think you yeah. will see less of that because let's, I just, I don't know. And let, I think that that's what it used to be when we were growing up, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, let's, let's, it was something special, not just, not because you couldn't afford or anything, but it was just something special. It was like, and you look forward to it more than just like, you just kind of lived out. Oh, there's, there's no doubt that that was when, you know, uh, destinations used to be a big deal. It's mm -hmm. not so much anymore, but, um, 
One, let's talk about a practical, while we're still on this slide, let's talk about a practical way that dealers can proactively send a great message and mm -hmm. salespeople. Um, and, and a couple of things that I recommend to dealers is that when you have a, when your showroom begins to get a little bit of traffic, you know, when you get a few ups in the door and things are starting to happen, for me, that's a time when I'm calling out whoever is responsible. Maybe it's the lot porter, maybe it's, you know, someone you have debt specifically for that cleaning of the showroom and wiping down, but I want to get them out and visible in the showroom when we begin to start getting some people indoors. And then on an individual <clears throat> level, I believe that salespeople, this is probably, I don't know, I just feel like this is not only something that we should be doing, but something that's going to send a message to your specific customer instantly is when they're in the showroom and you're showing cars, is having, you know, some wipes readily available where you're, even if it's just you're wiping off the door handle and the steering wheel and the gear shift right before they hop in, it's like a, it just shows that you're caring about them. And when I see someone do that, it's like they're serving me. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great opportunity for you to build not only rapport and value, but uh, would just speak to your character, even if the customer uh, receives it subconsciously. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm always thinking from a marketing perspective as a, as a marketer and, you know, I'm thinking when they're there, it's obviously important, um, but they're already there. So my brain would say, how can you implement that strategy in the marketing side so that before they get there they know that that's who you are million and, percent and i think that that's very much important as well well, well then that goes back to the <clears> thing <throat> we've talked about for years is having the marketing message match up with the showroom experience right mm -hmm. so it starts there in the marketing but then they see it again when they actually arrive at the store again mm -hmm. lends that credibility right away i think video you know using video is probably more important than ever in your marketing and uh and you know utilizing that on facebook things of that nature but one thing i would encourage is you know we in the automotive industry sometimes have a have a way of <clears throat> of making something um you know so obvious that it becomes insincere and in our marketing and i think that you know rather than hey so here at uh, abc toyota we wipe off everything and everything sanitized it's like you know the subtleness of it in the background you know the implanting it into the ad as something that people would notice rather than you bringing to their attention with your mouth and so i think those well, things are important people pick up on that it's like you're not going to wipe that off and go yeah, i'm going to wipe this off right I, here I, just I, it, you know when they're there you're you're um did you hear that I, that was you. I, that was me. I was just. Oh. I, I was like. I, I was like. I, I. I. I hope. I hope. It's my. It's my hope that someone is taking a note when it just came to what you just said because you are a marketer. That's what you've been so successful at. And that little subtle thing that you just talked about. You know, having it in the background, not just out claiming it, but just seeing it going on in the background to me is more powerful than bringing it to the customer. Uh, attention and it's yeah. probably going to get rolled out but yelp just rolled out um i believe part of their reviewing process now also includes not only um how people are adhering to whatever you know covid covid you know i say restrictions but rules are out but also sanitary like people can basically talk about how clean your place is i know dealerships push ah. for reviews a lot and that's another big help you know if you're keeping your that's store a clean great clean. point yeah and i know for a fact if yelp rolled it out google's going to have it on their next rollout for their review their reviews because i think they're bigger than yelp is as far as reviews go yeah and when and most most of us in this industry oftentimes are asking especially on an individual salesperson level we're asking for that review have your customer add that in uh, that would be huge yeah right now at this time so that pretty much wraps up those those the, the cox survey and uh, it was uh, it was pretty interesting to go through today. It was, it was, and you know, um, 
this, you know, I love this. You know, this is what a great way to spend your your our lunch, and what a great way for you, um, whatever time you watch this. We know that people will be watching this, um, you know, uh, tonight, this week, and you know what? Hopefully, these are helpful to you because look, if this is your industry, the way I always look at this is, I I am a student of what I do, and I want to learn. You know, I'm a marketer and also, you know, somebody who serves the auto industry. So I want to know what's going on. You know, you heard me say this probably a lot and I still use this and I'll never stop that. You know, when you're selling somebody, the reason somebody buys from you and that's really what's important, not how you sell them is how they buy. We talk so much about the consumer experience when someone buys from you. The top two reasons that a customer buys any customer buys from anyone. And in the third reason, just in case this is what you're saying, is they like you. We think if they like me, they're going to buy from me. The top two reasons. Number one reason, you as a sell, seller know their industry if you're selling to a business or you know them. You know their goals. You know their desires. You know what it is a consumer's looking for. That's what we're talking about right now. The number two reason someone buys, again, before they like you, is that you know your industry, you know your product, you know your dealership, you know what it is that you're offering. And I think that those are, this is, so this should be school for you. This could be, you know, what our goal is here moving in 2021 for Auto Dealer Live is to bring, is to give you an MBA in automotive. Come on. Because you know what? Yeah, you know how to sell a car, but do you know, do you really, really know what your consumer wants and do you know what you have to offer? That's what it's all about. Yeah, and we won't just talk about the surveys themselves or the the headlines. We'll talk about how to practically put that in play at your dealership. So looking forward to a great year. Thanks, Dave. Hey, have a good day, guys. We out.